You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, good morning. So, you know the answer to this, I think, but I'll ask it and you can just shout it out if you want, okay? So, what is the most celebrated event in the world? I think you got it right. Said a little louder. Christmas. You understand that Christmas, we spend an entire month celebrating. That means that one-twelfth of your year, you spend celebrating Christmas. And because we do it every year, it means one-twelfth of your life, you spend celebrating Christmas. You ever think about it like that? So, um, how do we do that? Well, we decorate everything. The inside of our houses, the outside of our houses, our businesses, uh, our churches, city streets. And we send an enormous amount of Christmas cards through the mail every year. And we buy an enormous amount of Christmas gifts. And we have special Christmas songs that are playing now everywhere that you go. And then we have Christmas television specials. And we have Christmas movies that are coming out that we go to see. And we do all of this other stuff like travel long distances. And we have dinners and parties and meals with families. I mean, there's no way in the world that you can miss Christmas. We spend a twelfth of our life celebrating it. And, and here's what really gets me. When I think about the fact that the celebration's origin begins because a baby was born in a town called Bethlehem 2,000 years ago in the Middle Eastern part of the world to this very poor young couple who was not just a baby but was indeed the Son of God, the Savior of the world. All right, now, I want to talk to you about this a minute, okay? So we have different responses to this season that is coming up in this next month of our lives. So there are some people, and uh, you would just say that, that I love Christmas. It is my favorite time of the year. I wish it was all year long. I love every part about it. I love the church stuff. I love the decorations. I love the gifts. I just love Christmas. How many of you would say, yeah, that's me. I'm nuts about Christmas. I love it like crazy. There's not too many of you who just seem to be nuts right now. I thought you would yell at me or something or scream or celebrate. I think there's another group of people that would say, okay, here's my response. Um, I love Christmas, but it's, it's not a love-hate relationship. It's more like a bittersweet. I'm, I'm kind of mixed. There's parts of it I love, but there's parts of it that I think were just over the top. How many of you would say, I'm probably in that boat? A lot of you are in that boat. And then there's some people who would say, I dread it like getting a tooth pulled. I don't enjoy it. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands. That would be too embarrassing. But it's like there's this train coming and it's Christmas and it just runs you over and there's nothing you can do to get out of the way. And it just costs a lot of money and a lot of time and you just kind of are worn out when it's over. You should do this. You should, you should search on your computer. Not now, of course, but you should search... Enduring the holidays or holiday depression or holiday anxiety or holiday stress. You cannot believe how many people are talking about what a downer this season is for them. And I think sometimes it's because of decisions we make. So I'm going to do a what if with you. You okay with that? What if, what if, what if? What if this season, this year, over these next 30 days. What if we stepped back from the edge this Christmas season? 
just, just what if, just for a minute, just kind of dream with me for a minute, okay? Hey, what if we just, instead of just living on the edge with our toes hanging off, what if we just step back from the edge a little bit? I kind of bumped the podium. Did you notice that? It was kind of embarrassing. And, and what if you didn't spend as much money? And what if you didn't hurry as much? What if you just said, this year we're not going to live on the edge like we've lived on the edge before. We're just going to step back a little bit. And just create a little bit of margin in our lives during the season. So what I'm asking you to do is consider choosing a path. You remember how we talk about choosing paths? Because the direction that we choose determines where we end up, right? And so I'm not saying just hit the default button. This is what we usually do every year. Because if you do what you do every year, you're probably going to end up where you end up every year, right? But what if this year you just said, you know what, we're just going to kind of take a moment, we're going to step back away from the edge. We're not going to spend as much money, as much time, as much hurry. And we're going to focus on some important things. So I'm going to give you some words. You ready? Wisdom. Understanding. Discretion. Sound judgment. What book of the Bible do you think I'm getting those words from? Proverbs is correct. So what, what if, and this applies to every area of your life, I don't care what it is, if it's, if it's how you're doing physically, if it's how you're doing in your walk with God, if it's how you're doing in relationships with others, if it's how you're managing your time or how you're managing your money, the principles we'll talk about today, you can apply to any area of your life. For example, we were driving home from being with family over Thanksgiving yesterday. And, and I don't know what, what happened to me. It was just like, um, it wasn't, it wasn't one of these deals of it's, it's Thanksgiving. So have a dessert. It was like, it's Thanksgiving, have eight desserts, you know? And I told Annette, it was like, I'm a runaway train. I've got no brakes. I can't stop eating. I'm just, if you're out of town, it doesn't count. I guess you can eat whatever you want. But what if I had expressed some wisdom and sound judgment and discretion in the way that I approached eating while I was out of town this past week? Any area of your life, this stuff applies. So go with me to the book of Proverbs, okay? And I want to start reading with chapter 3, verse 21. Chapter 3, verse 21. There's something I feel like you should know about Proverbs chapter 3, and, and that is the whole, the whole chapter is, is about uh, completely surrendering your life to the will of God. So let me, let me explain that. Uh, verse 1 starts with this, My son, do not forget my teaching. Hold my commandments close to your heart. When you get to verse 5, it's one of those like best verses in the Bible ever. Uh, Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to God and He will make your paths straight. Just a verse you ought to memorize. It's just a great verse. And so all of this, when you get to verse 21, you're in that same mode. It's this idea of what would life look like if I just fully surrendered every part of me to what God wants. Okay? So here we go. Verse 21. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. 
But if your life is moving at 180 miles an hour, you might say, I just didn't see wisdom and understanding. I'll just confess to you. I was going so fast. We were moving so fast. We were doing so much in so little time. I just kind of lost sight of wisdom and understanding. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. And, and I love these words, okay? For they, for they will be life to you. And I love these words, an ornament of grace around your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. And when you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How many people in this room need some good sleep right now, huh? Some of you are saying, that's why I'm here. I get it every Sunday morning, Pastor. (laughs) Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side. When you go to bed at night, you don't have to worry when you're following God's will for your life. Now, what's going to happen because I'm making poor decisions? That, That won't be the situation. For the Lord will be at your side and you will keep, he will keep rather your foot from being snared. So this is God's word, good word for us today. There's a guy named John Ortberg who is an author. And uh, he said he had moved years ago to the city of Chicago to pastor a church. And he said, I'd not been there all that long, a few months, and, and I was concerned about the condition of my heart. Here I am pastoring this church, and I'm not, I'm not doing as well as I should be doing in my journey with God. And so he said, I picked up the phone and I called my mentor, uh, Dallas Willard. And, and I just said to him, uh, I, need, I need some help. I need to talk to you because uh, right, right now our lives are just kind of busy and I just thought I needed to, to chat with you. He said, uh, the church here moves at a pretty fast clip. We have a lot going on. It's a very active church and we offer a lot to our people and to the community. And, and right now we're in that season of our life, Dallas, where that, you know, we're driving the minivan and our kids are playing sports and they're going to music lessons and we're just kind of like a taxi service. And, and uh, I, I, I'm concerned, though, and the reason I'm calling you is because I want some help. I, I'm concerned about the condition of my own heart and my own relationship with God and how I'm nurturing that. And so I wanted to see if you have any advice for me. And so he says, Dallas Willard says to me, John, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And he says, so I'm, I'm writing that down. And, and I said to him, okay, that's good. Um, what else? Because he said I was kind of in a hurry. And uh, there was a long pause. And then Dallas Willard says... John, there isn't anything else. Hurry is the enemy of spiritual life. So ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. You see, here's what you know. And here's what I know. Because we have lived long enough to know this. That if we choose the path of hurry, and and as we go through this season, if we choose the path of overspending, 
And, and we let that be the narrative of the next 30 days of our lives. We know that what that promise is, it really never pays off, right? So when we look at that, it's like, oh, if I do that, then my life will be full and my life will be abundant and, and my life will be good and, and my life will be sweet. And, and the truth is that when we buy that lie and we begin to live that narrative, it never pays what it promises. In fact, it's just the opposite. So I want to know how many of you at some point in your lives, when you finally got through the Christmas season, you just said to yourself, man, I am glad it is over. Anybody? Anybody ever said, you know what? I just feel kind of exhausted and broke and I feel a little depressed and I feel a little bit empty. And, and, and I think the reason we feel that many times is because we find ourselves looking for meaning in the wrong places. There's this awesome story that Jesus tells. It's a parable about the seeds and how that the Word of God gets sown on different kinds of soil. And there's this one verse in Mark chapter 4 that I love. And he says, here's what happens. People allowed the worries of this life or the busyness of this life. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things. To come in and choke out the Word of God. So I'm going to say it again because I think it's that important. What happened, Jesus said, is that people allowed the busyness of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things to come in and choke out what was really important, what really mattered in their life. And we just can't do it. So what if, what if, what if, I know it's just, it's kind of this, you know, what if we, what if you focused this year on relationships instead? Because relationships, that's what matters. That's what's important. Jesus, hey, could you tell us what is like the most important commandment? And Jesus says, yes, I can tell you what the most important commandment is. You should love God and you should love your neighbor. That means relationships are what matter. Your relationship with God and your relationships with others. What if this season you said, you know what? I'm just going to step back from the edge. I'm not going to be in such a hurry. And we're not going to just overspend. We're just going to step back and we're going to focus on what matters. We're going to focus on relationships with God and relationships with others. One, one, one of my favorite preachers, he, he says often, so when I think about where I want to be one day, and, and where I am now, in the given situation that I'm in, what would be the wise thing to do? When I think about where I'm right now and where one day I want to be, what is the wise thing to do? And I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to get there unless you pause and you gain sight of wisdom and understanding and sound judgment and discretion. Now let me, let me talk about that to you for a few minutes, okay? So I want you to use your imagination with me if you don't mind. And just assume that um, I'm standing here. Well, you don't have to assume because I'm standing here on the platform. But assume that there is this circle drawn on the platform. I should have drawn one here, okay? But just assume that there's a circle around me, all right? And, and you can just guess it's like six feet in diameter or something like that. I'm just standing inside the circle. And uh, we're just going to say that this circle represents what it stands for 
is what God wants. Okay? So when I grew up, uh, we called it, we said, we said God's will. Okay? This is God's will. This is what God desires for me. This is what God wants. And so it's a circle about six foot in diameter, and I'm standing in the center of the circle. So if this is where I'm standing, then I'm where? I'm in the center of what God wants, God's will. So let's think a little bit together about where a lot of us are in this room, okay? So here's some possibilities. You may say, hey, Rick, um, I know what it is to be in a circle, all right? Because I made a decision um, at one point in my life, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live in that circle. Uh, My life is going to be about what God wants, and that's where I'm going to live my life. But I wonder if anybody is saying there have been seasons of my life where I have, uh, I've been pretty tempted by, by the, by the enemy and, and I've gone way over to the edge of the circle. I mean, so, so far to the edge, it, it became a little bit of a balancing act. And, and I'm not going to lie, there's been times when I've, when I've stepped out of the circle. And I just knew when I did it, I just knew, I knew this. I knew that God was not okay with that. But I stepped out anyway. Now, I've got a feeling that many of you would say, I did not do well out there. And the reason you did not do well out there is because you really have been forgiven of your sins. And you really are a Christian. And you really have been saved. And you really do know what it's like to be right with God and to be in the circle. And so, even though you tried to live out here, you just weren't very good at it. I mean, I, I sometimes tell people, I mean, i got to give it up to you. You try to be a sinner, but you stink at it. You're awful at it. And so you, you stepped out of the circle and you said, you know what? I can't, I can't do this. I can't live out here. And you found yourself going back and living in the circle. This is what God wants and this is the way I'm going to live my life. And so i got to wonder if there's somebody who would say, you know what, Rick? Um, I get that whole thing. I know where you're going with that, but I've never, I've never made that a way of life. I've, I've always lived out here. It, it, to this point, has always been more about kind of what I wanted. I'm not really a bad person. I don't mean like that. I just mean that I know that if I went and stepped in the circle, that that, that would be what God wanted. And I'm just not... I've never been to a point that I've been willing to do that. I've I've lived out here all of my life. And sometimes I think about what would it be like if I went and I lived in that circle. If I just said, okay, from now on, it's what God wants. And you've got to lean in for this. You ready? The reason I'm talking to you about this is because... When the writer of the book of Proverbs talks about wisdom and understanding, that's what he's talking about. In fact, every time he writes about it, and it is often all through the book of Proverbs, he equates wisdom and understanding with what God wants. He sees them one and the same. He doesn't even act like, okay, you can be really wise and have a lot of understanding, but no, 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 it's, it's one and the same. Living in the circle is wisdom and understanding in his mind. He equates the two. 
And so it's not just saying, you know what, Rick, you're saying some good stuff today. And when I think about my own life and principles I should apply, I like the idea of do the smart thing. No, 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 no. That's not where we're going. What if I did the God thing? What if I said, when I look at where I want to be and where I am now and where I want to go, it's not about what I think is smart. It's about what does God want? That's the path that I'm going to choose. And, and as we approach the season, I can just tell you what God wants, okay? Because He is consistent throughout His Word. He is all about creating margin in your life. You don't live to the edge. You don't live to the edge with money. You don't live to the edge with the calendar. You don't live to the edge in relationships. You don't live into the edge. I mean, you always create margin in your life. Morally, you don't go to the edge. You, you keep some margin. You don't live out on the edge of the circle. You create margin. You step back. And here's why. If relationships are what really matters, we experience relationships in the margin of our lives. I got to work. I got to go to school. I'm busy. I got to do this. When do we do relationships? We do it in the margins. And if you're living to the edge, there aren't any margins. When do I make room for God? Hey, it's not that I'm opposed to praying and reading my Bible. It's just, when do you do it? You know, life's full. I'm running wide open seven days a week. Yeah, and so that's why God says, what if you step back and create some room for the things that matter? So you guys know that a guy recently passed away. His name, Stan Toller. He was a pastor. He was only 67 years old. In fact... There's going to be a celebration service of his life here on December the 8th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, a week from Friday. But Stan Toller would be a guy that, um, well, okay, I'm just going to be a little more transparent with you. Um, I'm kind of hung up a little bit thinking about his life now that he's passed away. Because here's, here's what I would say about him. I would say he was a good friend of mine. But when I say that, there's like a few thousand people who would say he was a good friend of mine. But he opened his arms to me like he opened his arms to everybody. And he made room in his life for me and space in his life. We talk about living with our arms open. He did that. And so when I think about him passing away, I think about, wow, what a, what a way to live your life. But then I think about, what a way to die. And when I think about my life, when it comes to relationships, I think I've got some ground to make up. I, I think God's got some work to do in me. But here's where the writer of Proverbs goes with this. When, when you live your life saying, what, what does God want? Okay? It's a very rewarding life. And here's, here's how he says it. He says, you are full of life 
and, and it's like grace around your neck. Meaning, meaning this, that inwardly you are full, you are abundant, you are blessed, you are glad. Life is good. But outwardly it shows. People can see it. You wear it, you know. And he says, when you go to bed at night, guess what you do? You actually go to sleep. <laughs> and you don't lay awake worrying and in fear. Because you're not doing what, and he makes that very clear, you're not doing what people who don't love and follow God are doing. They're making poor decisions and, and saying, now I'm worried about what's going to happen to me because I made bad decisions. Now, this is, this is a good life. So I'll just say this to you. Every time in my life, that I've said, I'm going to stay in the circle. So when the enemy tempts me, and, and you may think, okay, you're like 50, what, years old, and, and you probably don't get tempted like I do. Oh, no, that is not true. I think sometimes the devil works on me more than anybody, maybe because I'm a pastor, I don't know, but I hate it. But every time I am tempted to step out of that circle, and I say, no, I'm not going to do it. It's about what God wants, wisdom, understanding, sound judgment, discretion. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I never, ever, ever, ever scratch my head and say, was that a good idea? No. When I wake up in the morning and I go to pray, I'm just like, wow, God, you gave me the strength again to say yes to what is right, to what you want. It's the best life. And that's what... Solomon is trying to say, this is a rewarding way to live life. So, what about you? Think about areas of your life. Where do you need to back up and say, you know what, I really should consult God here. Wisdom, understanding, sound judgment, discretion. What does God want for me? If I'm here and I want to get there someday, what is the wise thing for me to do? It's a great question to ask yourself. So just, just before we're done and we're done, okay, but just, just before I stop, what, what if this year you said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to kind of build this whole Advent season because Advent's not about hurrying. It's about waiting. Advent, we're starting a series next Sunday. Anticipation. Preparing ourselves. Asking God to prepare our hearts for Jesus' coming. Okay? It's not about hurrying. It's about waiting. And, and what if we said this year, you know what? We're just going to kind of build toward Christmas Eve. And we're giving you lots of options this year. And we're going to make sure we're at Christmas Eve service. This is kind of going to be the, you know, the, the, the big celebration. We're going to get to this. And we're going to invite friends that we have never, ever dreamed of inviting to church before. We're going to invite family. We're going to all come together. Do you know that your family is looking for something meaningful to do at Christmas this year? Every family is. What can we do that matters, that has value, that has substance? And so what if you just said, we're going to build toward that. We're just going to live in anticipation, moving toward Christmas Eve. And we're going to bring friends and family. And we're going to believe that God is going to speak to all of us. And that God's going to change hearts and lives. And so you can come on Christmas Eve Eve, which is Saturday night at 7 o'clock.
Or you can come on Christmas Eve on Sunday morning at 10.30. Or you can come Christmas Eve afternoon at 3.30. Pick a time that works best for your gang. And just say, we're going to kind of make that the center of it. So you want to stand with me? I feel like it's been a little while since I've uh, just said, you guys want to pray before you go? Sometimes we we do that because maybe the scripture that we've read or the sermon that we've heard has really spoken to us. God spoke to us through it. And and we feel like, I want to say something to God. I want to talk to Him about the fact that He's talked to me today. And so you can do that where you're standing or you can come and find a place to pray at an altar. That's really what these are, these wooden things. are just, it's a place to pray. Sometimes it's a place to surrender your life to Jesus. And so maybe if you're the person in the room who says, I've never really lived in that circle, Rick. Uh, maybe today you want to you want to make that kind of commitment. And that little baby that was born 2,000 years ago grew to be Jesus who offers you forgiveness for your sin. And you want to receive that forgiveness this morning. You could do that here. There'll be pastors here to pray with you. Christmas is one of those seasons where maybe you uh, focus a lot on family. And maybe you want to pray for family today. You can, you can do that. Or maybe you need physical healing today. A pastor would be glad to pray for you for healing. Any reason that you'd want to come, you can come. Otherwise, pray where you are. Let's sing together this prayer. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.